We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Thursday, December the 15th, 2022. Hope you're doing well. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you all tuning in. I see Cocky Twan, Gad, Travi, Brendan M., Chase Floyd, Austin War, Hunter, Noah Johns, Chuck. Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord Head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel. Be sure your questions are answered there. We had us a late night in the uh, in the Big Cock Club Discord and the BCC Hangout. Appreciate you guys that were kicking it. We were talking talking ball, talking life, talking business. Had a really good time. Um, again, appreciate you all tuning in. We got a lot to get into, a lot to discuss. Taking your questions, your comments, your calls, 843 843- 790-3377. Of course, as always, guys, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks. Go down the Price Picks app. Go to PricePicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive 100% deposit match up to $100. Again, you can play college sports, pro sports, anything and everything in between. They have got it for you. Over at Price Picks, and so many fans and listeners of the show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks. So again, download the app, go to prizepicks.com, use that promo code TSUS to receive that 100% deposit match at the $100. Travis says, well, we have DBs for the bowl game. You had Darius Rush uh, opting out this morning. He will prepare for the 2023 NFL draft. And I will say this, guys, uh, I've met Darius in person. Great kid, great dude. Um, you know, I was actually just talking to somebody right before, right before the show started. And they said, basically, Darius Rush has a report to camp type deal for an NFL scouting team thing, whatever, January the 2nd, and he has to show up completely injury-free. So it's – I will say this, guys. I know none of us like when when players opt out, but it is one of these things where it's like, just imagine you've been working your entire life to achieve this goal, to achieve this dream – and you've got a game, and then you've got this camp that's basically your entire life three days later. And so you're like, you're weighing your options, and you're like, is it really worth? And I know we hate to hear that, but especially for a guy like Darius Rush, who has overcome the adversities and overcome, uh, you know, it's, it's been such a grind for him to get to this point, for him to get to this point, um, you know, I understand why he made the decision. I, I understand why he made the decision, why he's making the decision. I support Darius Rush. And I, and I look at it this way, guys. Guys like Darius, when we haven't had tons of opt-outs, but 
Now you got the opportunity for young guys to play, for them to show up, show out, for them to do their thing, um, and give us even more hope and excitement for the next year, right? And so I respect it. I, I, I you know, I, I applaud Darius Rush for his career at South Carolina, and I wish him nothing but the best. And uh, all those guys, all those guys that are preparing for the NFL, wish them nothing but the best. And you know, I know they'll go represent the Gamecocks in a great way at the next level. All right, let's jump to the phone lines. Call from Hunter. Hunter, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. What about you? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Yeah, so uh, what's going on with this whole uh, Maryland thing uh, with the old Nicholas Harbor and uh, Tree? It seems like they're trying to take players away from us. They're recruiting, my guy. <laughs> they're, they're recruiting. Um, they, <laughs> no, are using, actually, they are using their resources they have available um, to get Big Tree and Nick Harbor to commit to them. And – we're going to talk to J.C. Sherbert at 115 about this a lot, I promise you. We're going to talk a lot of recruiting. But, uh, you know, they. I, I think obviously what bothers people is that the, the founder, the CEO of Under Armour went to Maryland and he was there talking to the players. And, I, you know, is it is it – I don't know if you'd call it tampering, what have you, but they, you know, it's just they, they, they are using their resources. And so it feels kind of – I don't know. It feels kind of weird that, like, we're an Under Armour school – and yet, the owner yeah, of yeah. Under Armour is recruiting against us. You know what I mean? So, um, but you know, yeah, just, no, that's kind of messed up. I get it. I mean, it is what it is. What What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, you can't do nothing exactly. Yeah, what are you gonna do? So, I it's it sucks. And uh, but I will say, I think when you when you recruit players from the DMV, when you recruit players in that area, I mean, obviously Maryland's going to be a team that you got to. I'm I'm sick of it too. I'm sick of going to. I'm sick of going into recruiting battles with the Maryland Terrapins. That's not exactly what I thought we'd be doing right now, but um, sure. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what, what's so special about Maryland? I mean, come on now. I mean, they don't even got a chance. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but they don't even got a chance to go into playoffs. And when was the last time you heard everybody saying, "Oh, Maryland's about to go to playoffs or something"? Like, we're so I, I get that he's from Maryland, <coughs> but I I just don't. I mean, he he has, he has a chance to go to one of the best schools in the country, and he rather chooses Maryland. I just don't get it. Yeah, no, I I don't think Maryland is is anything special either, my guy. So. Yeah, yeah. No, that's all I needed. I appreciate it, bro. Yeah, Hunter, appreciate the call, my guy. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure. Um, yeah, no, I, I know we're going to talk about that greatly. Um, NIL is a huge thing. Um, what type of deals is Maryland putting together? Again, I'm excited to hear what J.C. Sherbert has to say later in the show because we, he will join us at 115 today, guys. And uh, J.C., I'm, I'm excited to hear him expand on it. We'll just put it that way. Let me get into a question we had earlier in the show, Christian Miles. Chris, never got a good answer from J.C. today. Hopefully you can provide me a non-biased answer. He says, if this wasn't South Carolina, would you say the program was a disaster? Big-time recruits dropping out, big players transferring, very iffy OC hire, yet fans say the program's on the rise momentum. Any other school, you'd be saying, I don't know what's happening, but it does not look great out there. Christian, all right, I'll give you a, I'll give you a non-biased answer. You have a point in regards to players hitting the portal. <clears throat> okay, to players hitting the portal. The NIL stuff's happening. Everything you mentioned. I could counter what you said, though, and also say that, you know, when you look at South, if, if I'm looking at it from, let's just say I'm looking at it from a, I cover the entire SEC vantage point. There are many teams. Basically, South Carolina is one of the lowest in regards to number of players who have hit the transfer portal. 
So that's really not a huge issue. I, I understand two of them are huge in Lloyd and Bell. I get that, right? And I understand, you know, Babalade and Jada both decommitted. I, I, I get it. Decommits happen to schools, right? I understand it. I, I would say this, Connerly, if I'm truly looking at it, or not Connerly, Christian Miles, I apologize. Christian Miles, if, if I'm looking at this truly from a non-biased mindset, okay, what you did on the field of play, Christian, trumps everything else. So I look at Carolina as a football program, went seven and six a year one of Shane Beamer, went eight and four in the regular season in year two of Shane Beamer. That's a program on the rise. Yes, I would 110% say that, completely taking bias out. Because every school's dealing with what Carolina's dealing with. See, we just we 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 go on a bit of the emotional roller coaster because we're so tied in, we're so invested with USC, which makes a lot of sense, right? We live and die with this program. We bleed the garnet and black, for better, for worse, indifferent, whatever. But yes, I would look at the South Carolina football program as a whole. I'd look at they've got a young up and coming coach. They've won seven games with a bowl win in year one, eight games with a potential bowl win in year two, potential to win nine games. Yes, this is a program on the rise. Yes, they are dealing with the normal bumps and bruises and BS that every other school's dealing with, with recruiting, with transfer portal, with NIL. Christian Miles, Carolina is far, everybody's dealing with it. <clears throat> everybody's dealing with it. Everybody's dealing with it. And I love what Christian, to your point, he says, I would agree with that. It just seems like something's off with transfers and decommits who have been so for the program after a season like that. Christian, to, to, to that point, I would say this. I loved what Beamer said yesterday. When you are when you are headed to a certain destination, right, and you're striving for greatness and, and, and you're doing things a certain way, that's going to make some guys uncomfortable, right? I, I can tell you this. The, the only one that's surprising to me is the Marshawn Lloyd one. The Jaheim Bell thing, if you talk to anybody who knows anything about anything, that is that is like the least shocking news of all time. That, that, that's the least shocking news of all time that he hit the transfer portal. And we wish him best of luck, and I appreciate what he did for counter football. But it's the least shocking news ever. The Marshawn Lewin's surprising. But it's just going to happen, guys. Like, guys hit the portal. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. As critical as I've been of, like, the Dowell Loggins thing, and, and, I, and I got my criticisms out of the way. I said what I said. I, I was not negative to be negative. I just voiced real concerns. And I even, I even coupled that with telling you all, hey, my desires for the OC and why I'm saying what I'm saying about Dowell Longins, they're selfish desires. I don't know, know more about football than Shane Beamer. They're selfish desires. I made that very clear. Dowell Loggins is now our guy. We are riding with Dowell Loggins. Let Dowell Loggins cook. I can't wait to see him get in the kitchen, right? But you take a step back and you look at the Carolina football program. The Carolina football program is in good hands right now. I, I really believe that. I, I really believe we are we are trending the right way. We are trending the right way. You know what I mean? I'm not saying everything's sunshine and rainbows, Christian Miles. I'm not saying that. But it's not sunshine and rainbows for anybody. It's not just all sunshine and rainbows. Everybody has their own shit going on. Everybody does. Everybody's dealing with it, as Shane pointed out. But, you know, yes, taking the garnet – I mean, I don't wear garnet glasses, but taking a step back, I would look at South kind of football and say – I would I would say this. I would say this realistically – as we sit here right now, is it is it 110% guarantee Shane Beamer within the next five years is going to win a national championship? No, I can't guarantee you that. But as we sit here today, as we sit here today, 
is the program in a good position and I think trending the way we want it to trend? Yes, it is. Yes, I think that's fair. Yes, I think that's absolutely fair. Yes. Let's not forget just, what, three weeks ago or however long ago, Carolina beat Clemson. And the week before that, they beat Tennessee. And they won eight, they won eight games. So, I mean, we're, we're in a good spot. We're in a good spot. So, I, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I, where the transfer portal taketh, it also giveth. I, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be fine. I, I know we're impatient. I know it can't happen fast enough, right? It literally cannot happen fast enough. But uh, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. So, uh, anyways, guys, I, I love the question. I, I, and listen, I love the question. I, I love the question. Um, yeah, I love the question. So, anyways, guys, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. I want to hear from you. Um, yeah. So, David Barnes, I don't know who the home team is in the bowl games. Anybody enlighten me? I, Brendan M's got to know. Brennan M's got to know. Here we go. We got a text here. Let's see. He says, good morning. I texted this question yesterday. I keep hearing that we South going to have the NIL money. That's not the issue. Cool, we may have it, but are we offering it? Jace. Uh, Jace, I would say this. I, I would assume. I would assume we are. Why would we not be? Um, but, again, I, <laughs> I'd pose this question. So, who are we, are we Are we worried about NIL when it comes to recruits? Are we worried about NIL when it comes to when it comes to Marshawn Lloyd, Jaheim Bell? Which, by the way, uh, if we're home, I mean, we, we got to go Black Garnet Garnet, right? We have to. We have to go with the Big Game Garnet. We have to. Beamer's version of Big Game Garnet. I would say this: Are we offering the NIL? I, I would believe so. I mean, again, J.C. Sherbert, who we bring on the show every Thursday, he he has a collective. Garnet Trust is a collective. Park Avenue is a collective. Like, we have money. Have we ever thought about maybe we don't believe in making bad business deals? Like, let's just assume. Let, let's just pretend, right? Let's say we were given Marshawn Lloyd. Because we had this conversation last night in the Discord. <clears throat> and I was asked about, you know, Chris, if we were given Marshawn Lloyd a million and, 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 and whoever else, School X, offered Marshawn 1.5 and he left. And you know what my response was? And my response would be today, if we were paying Marshawn Lloyd a million dollars and we just got him off of our payroll because somebody was wanting to pay him 1.5, then you know what? They did us the biggest favor of all time. Because Marshawn Lloyd, folks, I'm here to tell you, was not worth a million dollars. And and may, you know what? Maybe, maybe Shane Beamer and company, they're just not into making bad business deals. Maybe they look at it and say, you know what? We love you. We'd love for you to be a Gamecock. But we believe Dontavious Braswell can get 600 yards in a couple of tutties. Like we, we're confident in this guy. We we don't need to overpay. We don't need to overspend. We will take that NIL money and we will allocate it elsewhere. Because it ain't unlimited funds. We don't have some unlimited, you know, bank account, right? We got to be careful with our funds. So don't spend money, you know, poorly. Don't 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 make bad investments. I mean, maybe have we ever thought about that? Jaheim Bell, same thing. I respect it. Go get the bag. You want to go get it? Go get it. Maybe we're just maybe we're not into making bad investments. I mean, listen, I'm all for giving a guy a million bucks, but damn it, you ain't even all conference. 
You want a million dollars? You ain't even all. And I don't. I'm just making up a number. I don't know. I don't know what the number is. I love this comment. Tommy McClellan says, "Stop with all the bullshit. Trust Beamer and quit worrying about shit we have no control over." Tommy, if we truly, Tommy, to your point, if we truly followed that advice, we wouldn't even wake up and talk sports, Tommy, because we don't have any control over what happens on a day in day out basis. We, there, there wouldn't be a show. <laughs> I mean, think about it, Tommy. Wouldn't even be a show. We don't control any of it. We just sit back and watch. We sit back and react. But that's the beauty of it. The beauty's in the banter. So, I, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> if you be careful what you wish for, Tommy, because then there'd be no show to tune into. If we were, if I, if I sat here and said, I'm just going to worry about what I can control. Well, what I can control is my day. You know, I, I can't control football. I can't control hires. I can't control results on the field. I can't control hardly any of it. You know, but we have opinions on it, and it's fun to talk about. Right? It's fun to talk about. I mean, people can't control politics, but God forbid they go crazy and want to kill each other over it. So you tell me how stupid that is. Oh, don't go there, he says. Don't go there, he says. Don't go there. Trust me, I'm not going there. I don't want to go there. I I, I will never go there. Uh, somebody texts in, if Rattler does not come back as QB1, who could be a potential QB1? I really like the sound of Davis and switch Doty to a slot role. If, if, Rattler, if Rattler doesn't come back... If Rattler doesn't come back, you I, I don't I don't see Doty switching positions. Let me put it that way. If Doty's not if Luke if Rattler doesn't come back, okay, if Rattler doesn't come back and we don't pick up a portal guy and Doty doesn't win the job at a spring ball, I think Doty will transfer. It's just my 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 take. I I you know. Maybe he won't, but I feel like Luke Doty wants to play. Maybe he doesn't. I mean, I know the kid loves being a Gamecock. Hard to project. Hard to project. And Tommy says, yeah, it's fun. I just don't like people questioning Beamer at every turn. And, and I hear you, Tommy. I hear you. I hear you. I think what people have to understand, and and I, and I, I, I'll, I'll get on this because, uh, you know, I, I love the comments. I love the banter. But I, I saw a comment this morning. Lady Bree, who calls into our show, uh, you go over to Facebook. Lady Bree tried to insinuate that I, I I just basically basically tried to insinuate that I'm not a free thinker. That I just pander to my audience. I just tell my audience what they want to hear, which which couldn't be further from the truth. And it, and it's sort of an insult to insinuate that I've that I've built that we built TSUS up to this point by just pandering to the audience. Just. Just, just telling the audience what they want to hear. It's complete bogus. It's bullshit. It's buffoonery. It's, it's bozo talk. That's what that is. It's, it's complete bozo talk. Slap dickery at its finest. Um, but I would say this. Here's, here's what I would say. I know this is hard for some people to grasp. You can be critical of something you support. It is possible. It is very possible. So I support Shane Beamer. And that's why I said over and over and over again, Shane Beamer has shit out more football than I'll ever know. Shane Beamer... I wasn't even questioning the Loggins hire from like an X's and O's standpoint. All I ever said was, the resume is concerning. That's it. I know that's a very surface level take. I understand it. But no, to Beamer's point, I didn't call Bill Parcells. I didn't call Jay Cutler. I didn't even call Connor Shaw. I, I I didn't do that level of research. I'm willing to admit it. I'm just a guy with a microphone and a podcast. That's it. But you look at the resume... Off first glance, it was concerning. And then you look at, you know, when you hear Shane Beamer say, 
when you hear Shane Beamer say that everybody and their mother was calling for this job and wanted this job, and then you hire a guy that I'd never heard of before, first reaction was a little bit, hmm. You know, it, it was a little bit underwhelming. It was a it was a hire that it required Shane Beamer being fired up in his presser to sell us all on the hire. It took him selling it a little bit, which is understandable when you look at the resume. That being said, I trust Shane Beamer. Like, like at the end of the day, right? I've given my I've I've, I've given my two cents about it. I've given my two cents, right? But like the clip I posted this morning, I trust Shane Beamer. Beamer believes in logins. Therefore, effectively, I believe in logins. That's it. That's it. So, and 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 the results on the field will define the rest. That's that's it. So, um, I'm not flip flopping when it comes to. I'm not flip flopping when it comes to my thoughts on the Dowell logins hire. I, I still think it's a, it's a it's a risk, which any hire would have. Even if you hired a name, it would have been a risk. But you know, when you look at his track record and you look at his resume, and and I think the thing I'm grasping to and hoping for is that we're looking back in three, four, five years, and our offenses have been electric, and we just look and say, you know what, Loggins just wasn't an NFL guy. You know, he was in some bad situations in the NFL, and and uh, you know that's that's why the numbers were what they were. But you're not a bad fan and you're not negative for 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 saying that Loggins has a lot to prove. You're not negative for that. You're like you're not. You're there's some people I think they just really truly believe that if you're not if you're not just blindly if you're not just blindly supporting and if you're not just blindly falling in line that you're somehow negative and you're not, dude. You're you're not. You're not. You're listen, fans at this point Fans at this point are investors. They're investors, right? They're investors. So investors are more within their right to question. They, they are. They are. And again, it's that level of pressure. Pressure creates diamonds. I, I always like I, I I always want my head coach to feel pressure. Pressure's not a negative, though. I don't mean that in a negative way. Pressure is a positive. Pressure is a privilege, right? When Will Sanders takes the baseball on a Friday night, which I pray to God he's our Friday night guy, but when he takes the ball on a Friday night, there's a lot of pressure. Why? Because that is a very highly sought-after position. And South Carolina, we care greatly about our baseball program, and there's a lot of pressure to win and be great. Because those before you have laid the foundation. Like, pressure's a positive. You know what I mean? So, there always should be a little bit of pressure. Pressure's great. Pressure keeps you on your toes. You know, pr- pr- pressure, I mean, you, you guys, everybody feels pressure to some degree. Um, I was asked, did I see the Gene Sapikoff tweet? I had not until just now. Gene Sapikoff tweeted this morning, I guess, 9.51 a.m. Among the first rules of journalism, quote, if your mother says she loves you, check it out. So checking with some of the best sports beat writers, reporters in the country, those that cover SEC football programs to find out which SEC coordinator job Dowell Loggins turned down in 2021. Text me. So basically what he's putting out feelers to, to check. I, I don't know. <clears throat> um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, if I'm Gene, I just drop it. I, I, I don't know. 
if if you're Gene, if you're Gene, I would say drop whatever. I, I don't know. If you're Gene, drop it. But Gene wants to fight. <laughs> Gene wants to fight, so he then posted a He then posted a follow-up about Loggins and UK. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Anyways, 843-790-3377. Guys, the phone lines are open. 843-790-337. Let's see. Uh, Jay says, I agree with your stance on bad investments that if we can't land those better other players here in Columbia, where does that leave our team if we let the talent, however good, go? Just looking at both sides. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. I, I just I just think the portal, Jace, is it's going to happen every year. Like, we're never going to – people are going to hit the portal. Um, people are going to hit the portal, you know what I mean? So, I I, I don't know. I, I refuse to believe, though, that we're broke boys and we can't afford to give guys – well, we're not. We're not. We have an IL collective. We, we, we Guys just, I mean, if they want to go, they're going to go. It's some guys, it don't even matter for the money. Some guys just want to leave. Some guys don't, maybe they don't like being a Gamecock, and that's crazy to hear, but some guys probably feel that way. So, I mean, it just, the portal giveth, the portal, you just have to, again, you truly do have to trust that Shane Beamer, and which I do, he's got it fully under control. He's he's navigating the program. Nothing happens, you know, without his his knowing. So, the, the, the Bell, the Lloyd stuff, I mean, it is what it is, man. It, it is what it is. Um yeah. Anyways, Coach Ford has his take on the Beamer Sapikov thing. Beamer was very unprofessional with Sapikov. That's what Coach Ford believes. Um, <clears throat> let's see. And I will. I, I'll say this. I'll say this. I'll say this about that whole deal. You know, Beamer, I love Beamer's fire. And I love Beamer's energy. And I love it. Like, I I love the way Beamer carries himself. And so, what took place yesterday in the presser, what took place yesterday in the presser, it was not surprising. Um, You know, it it would, to me, like, I I, again, that's kind of who Shane Beamer is. And I will say, you you don't want to, if you're Shane Beamer, go out of your way to make enemies in the media because the media has, or just whoever, because they have the freedom to write and to say whatever they want. And so if they want to become a pain in your ass, they can become a pain in your ass. It's it's possible. It's, they can become a, a thorn in your side. On the flip side, if you're Gene Sapikoff, you, you don't want to become, you don't want Shane Beamer to dislike you. Like, you, you don't want to be in that position. You don't, especially like from his vantage point when, when you know, the the type of media traditional journalism that a guy like Gene Sapikoff does, he's very dependent on Shane Beamer. He's very dependent on information. He's very dependent on press conferences. He's very dependent on access, right? So, you know, if, if, if we want to have this whole conversation about access and credentials and the media and journalism, we, we can do so, but... Uh, yeah, I, I think Sapikov should just let it go. I really do. I don't know that this is a, this is a, you know, you don't want to get in a battle of 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 uh, 
of egos here. I, I'll just say that. I was going to say something else, but <laughs> I'll keep it to myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Anyways. <laughs> Brian Dean, South Carolina's 5-5. Five five. We can have a break-even season. Lamont Paris's first year, I would consider it a success. Yeah, I, I tell you this. Um, I tell you this, Brian. I... I Tough one last night, and I expected it. You know, UAB is a good basketball team, and and they they took it to us. They took it to us. Uh, that's going to be a tournament team, by the way. Like UAB is really good, and that that uh, that Howard kid is Jelly Howard. He's he's a freak. But uh, I'm really curious to see what SEC play is going to look like for this crew. And, and and you know, it's it's wild because as business evolves, content evolves, I evolve as a human being. But again more so, you know, relevant to you guys. Like, the way we create content evolves, and it's, and it's a beautiful thing. I'm going to continue to talk about basketball and cover it, but especially if we beat Notre Dame. I just, I have this feeling that basketball is going to take such a backseat. It's going to take such a backseat um, <clears throat> in, in, in fans' minds because – and, you know, again, we, we very well might win Saturday against East Carolina, but it's just <clears throat> the reality of what the season's probably going to be is, is pretty pretty bleak. And, it's, and it's, it is what it is. We expected it, Brian. I mean, for sure, we're not deep. Uh, we got GG and then a bunch of other people. So, a bunch of other guys. So, um, and, I, and I'll say this. I said it yesterday, and I, and I won't talk on it much more because there's just no point in my mind. Um... I had no issues. Like, if Gene Sapkoff wants to write an article, it is what it is. Like, whatever. He's free to do whatever. I mean, I was I was, uh, I was, was critical of the hire as well. And, and I voiced my concerns about it as well. Now, I support Beamer, and I'm, I'm standing on behind Beamer. But, you know, I, I, was, I was critical of it, and I'm not going to apologize for that at all. I think my concerns were actually pretty valid. Um, and that's not pandering to an audience. That's just keeping it a buck. Um, but I will say the follow-up question that Gene had asking Loggins and basically almost trying to make beam or make, make Loggins say something that would go against Shane Beamer's word that, that, that just, you know, guys, I believe in applying pressure and I would do so if I ever got into a press conference, which I, I never will, but <laughs> if I did, I would be more than happy to apply pressure, but I would, I would never put a coach, a player, anyone in a position to where I'm almost trying to make them look bad. Like that's what you're that's what you're kind of doing in that in that scenario. You're you're trying to make somebody look bad when you're well he said this, did you you're just you're trying to make him look bad. So um you know I, I just yeah. I, I I thought that was shitty. I thought that was shitty of Gene Sabakoff I did. I, I I thought that was shitty. So I get it. He's an un, he's he's an unbiased media guy, and he's going to cover the media unbiased. But don't 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 go out of your way to try to make people look stupid or bad or just it just what do you gain out of that? You you, you gain nothing out of it, anyways. Um, let's see. Anyway, whatever. Let's see. Lance, what's going on, my guy? 
the deleter of lattes in the building. The deleter of lattes. Yeah, Lance, I think Loggins is going to do work in the portal also. I think I think we're just getting started, man. I know people are, you know, a little uh, impatient. We got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. I think we will, we will get, uh, we'll get who we need in the portal and and so yeah, I'm uh, excited for it. So. Anyways, guys, in case you missed the latest news, uh, Darius Rush has opted out of the bowl game to prepare for the NFL draft, which, you know, I support fully and, and, and wish him nothing but the best and excited for, you know, maybe a Keenan Nelson Jr., Anthony Rose, or some of our other young DBs that'll, that'll get an opportunity to play and uh, doesn't certainly doesn't change my excitement of the game against Notre Dame. I'm very, very excited. Very excited to start talking Carolina Notre Dame. Very pumped for it. Very, very pumped for it and, and looking forward to it. And uh yeah. So anyways, guys, phone lines are open. Y'all, y'all must be kind of exhausted from uh from the week. And I I wouldn't even I wouldn't even blame you. What is this? What is this sheet of paper that did Maryland I can't even Nick Harbor, five-star recruit, deciding between Maryland and South Carolina. He's here tonight, so we need to show him as much love as you can. If you see him, feel free to ask for a picture and tell him to stay home. At the under-16 timeout in the first half, we're going to chant, we want Nick three times. He, his name is pronounced Nick. Be loud. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> wow, that's that's funny. That's funny. <clears throat> Thomas Walker says, the scout team bowl. Connor Lee, what are you asking Santa for, Chris? Hey, Connor. If you want to know, stay tuned. Next Friday is the Dear Santa episode. I know many people look forward to that one. That's a fun one. That's a fun one. That's a very fun one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Travis says, want to see Nelson Jr. and Rose. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, Banks, O'Donnell Fortune. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we'll get Trey Knox. I do. I think uh, Trey Knox definitely is going to be a Gamecock, just from everything I've heard. Again, we will have we will have uh, J.C. Sherbert on at 115. We'll talk to him a lot about the portal. We'll talk to him a lot about recruiting. Um, going to be a lot of fun. So, appreciate appreciate J.C. and Phil having me on their show at 11.30 a.m. this morning um, inside the Gamecocks, talking everything. Travis says, Landon Sampson, too. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for young guys to play, and that's that's an exciting thing. That's a very, very exciting thing, and – um, you know, guys that are going to help us next season. You know, they get an opportunity to shine early. And, you know, today's contributors in the Gator Bowl could be tomorrow's superstars. You know what I mean? So, Brian, we'll head down to Jacksonville Wednesday the 29th. Or, excuse me, Wednesday the, what is it, 28th? Yeah, because the game's on the 30th, yes. Yes, yeah, so we'll head down. We'll head down Wednesday. I'm going to be there Wednesday through Saturday. So, Wednesday the 28th, Thursday the 29th, yeah. Wednesday the 28th, I'll be down there. So, probably late, but we'll be down there in Jacksonville. And I'll, I'll be at the, that pep rally thing they're having Thursday. And I know there's a there's a lot of stuff going on. I know there's a lot of stuff going on with uh, – yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Let's see. 
Somebody said Pup Howard is practicing with the team. Is that is that legit or? I mean, I know he was. I know he was attending practice. Somebody's saying he's actually practicing. That that seems interesting. Okay. NCAA rules permit incoming players to participate in on campus practices, not at the bowl site, so long as high school coursework is completed and admission has been granted to the collegiate institution. Okay. So, I guess he's practicing. All right. Cool. Pup Howard's practicing. How about that? Yeah. There you go. Well, Tyler Noll, it literally just said, NCAA rules permit incoming players to participate in on-campus practices, not at the bowl site. So he will not practice in Jacksonville, but he will practice in the practices leading up to the bowl game, which is still cool. I mean, that's, you know, extra practice for him. He gets to get uh, ingrained with the ingrained with the uh, the team. I mean, I, yeah, I'll ask JC about it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I'm just reading to you what this article says about NCAA rules. So that's cool, though. Very good. Cool. He's not going to play in the bowl game, obviously, but that's that's a cool thing. So, anyways, guys, on that note, hey, let's go ahead and jump into a break. Like I mentioned, we do have J.C. Sherbert at 115. On the other side, we'll take nothing but your questions. Oh, well, let's go ahead and jump to the phone lines. we got Robbie Davis chiming in. Let's get him in. Call from? Robbie Davis, Zach Patel, the famer. Robbie, what's going on, my guy? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. My cough came back a little bit today, so it's a little irritating. Mm. Well, hope you feel better, my guy. <clears throat> I, I, I hate to, to to dance on your grave a bit, but boy, that, that game last night, not quite a 75 to 65 finish like my boy Robbie Davis predicted. I tell you that. UAB's pretty good, my guy. UAB's pretty good. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they, 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 They played like a conference champion, okay? Like, I'm going to be real right now. They played like a conference champion. I would not be surprised if they made it and won their conference tournament, okay? I would not be shocked mm -hmm. because last night, and me, me and Marion R26, a.k.a. my stepdad, okay? We talked about it last night, and we were like, there's no way. I was like, if I was Gigi, I'd come back for another year. He ain't ready for the he, – he's not ready for the NBA. If he went to the NBA after this year, he'd be destroyed. It wouldn't be pretty. And we, we definitely did not take care of the ball. And instead of us using our athleticism – they used their athleticism and beat our ass. Yeah, I mean, it, I still U, UAB, I think, players. is a yeah. – UAB is a very good team. UAB is a very good team. Yes, they are. Yes. Yeah, we, we didn't lose to a bunch of scrubs. Yes. They're a good team. Yeah, we didn't lose to a bunch of scrubs. They are, they are good. They are. They, they 100% are. And if we don't figure out something now, if we don't figure out – who the best starting five is, okay. Because right now, nobody's playing like they should be in the starting five, okay? The only one that's playing like they should be in the starting five is Gigi, to be honest. 
that is the only one that's playing like a starting five player, okay, at the moment right now. Right now, if I was if I was there, I'd be like, show me you want to be here and show me that you want to prove a point or you're not going to be cleaning the court until further notice. Yeah, I mean, Robbie, I guess my only <clears> – <throat> the only uh, – what I would say to you is this. I, I just don't think we have anybody else. Like, I think we're putting our best five out there. That's that's the – Yeah, that's – yeah. That's kind of the harsh I know, reality. But I'm just saying. That's yeah. what I would that's I'm, kinda... I'm just saying. That's, that's what I would say. I'm like, look, you either need to get you – need, you need to do something, okay? Like – and yes, we knew, like, right, we knew that this probably was not going to be a fantastic year. And another thing that me and Marion R26 talked about is, is it'll, it's going to take at minimum, I, I would say it's probably going to take at most three years for him to, for, for Lamont to get the guys that he wants because whenever he got here, the cupboard was bare. Okay. Basically everybody that was on the team last year is not there except for grace. But besides that, the cupboard is bare as can be. Yeah. Yeah, Robbie. Yeah, we, we, we all know it's going to be a, a, a work in progress and a build. And, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, we, we've, yeah, we've established that for sure. I mean, I, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record and say that after every game. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's right. just, it's just, we just have to get the players. That's it. We just, our, our roster got gutted right. when, when we made the move and, we're just we're not a very we're we're not very good. Like Gigi's awesome, but he's surrounded by, you know, we got a couple of decent players, but we just don't have the depth. We just don't have the depth to realistically compete. Right. And uh, I mean, it is what it is. We we yeah. knew what we were getting into this year. So. Yeah, and the whole Darius Rush thing. Okay. <clears throat> if somebody was to tell me, and I had a chance to go to the NFL, if somebody was to tell me that I have to be at a workout thing at a certain time and show up uninjured, it wouldn't even be – I wouldn't even hesitate. Like, I'm not playing in the bowl game. I got a chance to make it into the NFL and make money and take care of my family members for the next 10 or so years. I'm not going to risk it off of playing a bowl game. So I do not blame Darius Rush for, for sitting it out, okay? I don't mm. at all. I look at it at like like you said, right? This is an opportunity for you to have underclassmen in there, get them some game experience. That way, whenever they come into the can't come into the uh, the uh, preseason or what have you for, for next year, they've already got some game experience and they're and they're more ready than they would have been if they wouldn't have played in the bowl game. Yeah. So I say, whoever's in there, let them play. Don't yeah. On it, let them. Let them play. I'm excited to watch them for sure. I'm excited to see these young guys kind of ball. Yeah. 
young guys ball out and get an opportunity. So, yeah. And that reporter needs to leave Shane Beamer alone, man. Shane Beamer ain't afraid to speak his mind. That's what I love about Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer don't give a damn. Okay, he don't care. Reporter, he don't give a darn. He'll make you eat dirt and make you smile while you eat it. He don't care. I mean, we proved we proved Vegas wrong this year. We won eight games. We were only supposed to win what four, three. In regards to what? Shane Beamer, no. Yeah, we we were we were over huh? under was five and a half, six, something like that. Yeah, yeah, we overachieved. Yeah, yeah. So we so so so. Kudos to the coaching staff. Kudos to Beamer getting us to eight wins. Was I? I was not. I I gave you my my prediction before the season started. I had us going what eight and four, right? No, seven either seven and five or eight and four. Anywho, we did it. We went eight and four. We're gonna take. I think I do believe we're gonna take care of business against Notre Dame and do something that Clemson did not do, and that is beat Notre Dame. So, I do think I do think we'll beat Notre Dame, even though uh, some of our best defensive backs are not in the game. I think we'll take care of business and beat Notre Dame. I love it. <clears throat> I love it. Robbie, but, uh, <clears throat> we're going to jump into a break, my guy. I appreciate you. Uh, no problem, buddy. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. No problem. Have a great rest of your day, and go Cox, and go Vols, and uh, stay dry in case it's raining. I'll do my best, my guy. I appreciate you. <laughs> All right, buddy. Have a good one. All right, man. You too. Take care. Robbie Davis, what a legend. Appreciate him tuning in. Guys, we are going to jump into a break. I need to reload with some coffee here. Uh, anyways, on the other side, more of your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. I uh, just got a good laugh. My guy, my guy, John. My guy, John, his reply to Gene Sabakov's tweet. L, it's the letter of the day. L. Um. Anyways, I see my guy Phil Harris tuned in. Phil, what's going on? Appreciate you. Um, Braddock eight four three says, "I think you had us at six wins." Run it back, Chris. Uh, Braddock, my my preseason predictions are very well documented. You can ask anyone in here, or you can go back and check. I had us at eight and four, a win over Clemson. So, uh. Had us exactly at eight and four, four and four. My preseason predictions and my predictions as a whole are very, very well documented. Rudy Gore says, how quick could we get out of the Under Armour deal with the way they're recruiting against us, other Under Armour schools to Maryland, Tree, Harbor, potentially Lloyd? And if so, what brand would you like to see us rep? Um, I, I don't know how quickly we could get out of the Under Armour deal. I, I'd love to just see us be a Nike school. I mean, in regards to merchandise and I, I don't know. I think Nike's good. I think Nike's cool. I'd be down with – Jordan would obviously be incredible, but, uh, yeah. Okay, so he was talking about Robbie. All right, cool. Yeah, you know I picked eight and four. All right, my bad. My bad, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, see, Youngblood, I actually think Robbie stated he would shave his head if we won eight games and predict us to win eight that same day. Yeah, I, did Robbie – did Robbie predict that? Because I tell you what, if we'd have won ten, I'd be getting an ass tat right now. 
I'd be getting an ass tap. So maybe Robbie should be shaving his head. I don't know. I don't know. I, I forget. Was that a thing? I, I, I guess I didn't really keep up with it. Hmm. Interesting. Anyways, guys, we got JC Sherbert coming on at 115. Of course, podcast will drop tomorrow. It'll probably be a basketball heavy show. Um, with full takeaways from, you know, or brief takeaways from the game that happened last night. And, of course, Saturday, Gamecocks take on East Carolina in Greenville at Bonza Coors. We will be there. So, uh, if there's going to be any Gamecocks, we'd love to run to you, run into you guys there. Going to be a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, going to be a blast. So, uh, we'll we'll talk that game, preview that game. Also, I'll give my thoughts on Dowell Loggins, Shane Beamer, the presser, all that good stuff. Um as thing, you know, also Darius Rush at the portal. Things start to, I feel like the dust is starting to settle maybe a little bit here on this Thursday. It's not quite as much chaos. I mean, we love the chaos from the content side, but, <clears throat> you know, at the same time, now now we're dealing with recruiting and what Maryland's doing, and I just, I never thought I'd be sitting here talking about Maryland football. I just, I, I'm not, and I don't want to. I don't really want to, so. Also, guys, exciting content upcoming that, uh, you know, next week we'll do our, We'll do our dear Santa thing. We'll ask uh, we'll ask Santa for uh, what we want for for Christmas, if you will. We'll ask Santa Claus for a Gamecock fan's Christmas wish list. Uh, then we'll also get into the final week of the year and, and look back on the year that was, and also talk the bowl game. Going to be a lot of fun. <clears throat> Going to be a lot of fun. And then January, I do my way too early season predictions for the following year, and and we'll. Uh, We'll start talking baseball pretty soon as well, and then basketball, of course. Robbie texts in and says, "I if we would have won ten games, I would have shaved my head, but we went eight and four. Okay, okay. Robbie Davis just wanted to make that clear. I put an ass cheek tattoo on the line, and Robbie put a buzz cut on the line. It, that doesn't feel; those two things are not quite the same. Doesn't feel like those two things are quite the same. So, anyways, all good." Uh, guys, I will say this, just looking back at the presser yesterday, you know, what I what I loved hearing both Beamer and Loggins discuss, and it really felt like reinforced, was their commitment to getting the ball to our playmakers in space and maximizing the talent of the players we have on the roster. Also, you know, they made it very clear, right? I mean, I, I don't think there were any shots, obviously, taken at Marcus Satterfield, but I think the point was made that, hey, what we did the first two games it was too complex. It, it, it was just too complicated for our guys. And hearing both Beamer and Loggins, you know, express that they're committed to having a system that I wouldn't say is simple, right? Because I I, I don't want to insult the, the complexity of it, if you will, but something that is simple to understand for our players on our roster to where they can play free, they can play fast. You know, Loggins made the point that uh, Shane Beamer, or excuse me, Spencer Rattler played free the final two games of the season. And the other 10 games he didn't, which is which is what led to his inconsistency, right? So I, I, I loved hearing that. I think everything you wanted to hear Loggin say in the presser you heard, and, and now we'll see if they stick to that. And I think if they do, they will have massive success here, and I think there's a great opportunity for that to happen. So loved what I heard from Loggins and from Beamer in the presser yesterday. Uh, shout out my guy Phil Harris. The Super Chat hadn't even popped up yet. I'm sitting here. By the way, first time wearing this on the show, the Black Magic hoodie. I love this hoodie. Black Magic. We love that. Um, yeah, Phil Harris, appreciate the super chat. Hasn't showed up on the screen yet for whatever reason. 
By the way, stay tuned, guys, for the content. The content next Wednesday uh, for signing day. We'll do a lot of fun stuff. I normally do like some bonus stuff. So we'll probably do like a Twitter spaces in the morning. We might do a, a signing day uh, NCAA football live stream, you know, just for fun, right? Just for fun. Um, I don't know. I, we, we were talking last night how much fun it would be to do like a way too early 2023 season simulation series or just do some inc- – like, dude, if it was easier to make the NCAA football content, you see the PS3 behind me. You know, you have to get the hop hodge connected and there's different connections and this, that. If it was as simple as just going on like PS5 and just clicking a share button, if it was that easy, bro, I would stream a lot more. I would use that as an excuse to play video games. Why would I not do that? Uh, why would I not do that? Mm, let's see. Andrew says, do you think Loggins gets a little play calling in the bowl game? No. Shane Beamer already confirmed he will not be doing that. And uh, Beamer has also said, guys, they're not going to tell anybody who's calling plays. So I, I would expect it to be a group effort. I would. Um, if I had to guess, I would I would assume it's either Freddie Kitchens or Justin Stepp. Probably Freddie Kitchens. But, uh, I mean, Beamer's already said they're not going to tell anybody. But, no, Loggins, Loggins is the new OC, but he's not even really technically, I think, on staff yet. Um, I think he'll be using this time before the bowl game to get acclimated, to get, uh, you know, moved in, obviously, to take care of everything on the personal side probably as well. Because, you know, he's got to uproot and move his family and, and all that good stuff. So, you know, it's what it is. All right, let's jump to the phone lines. This should be an interesting call. Call from? Bree. Bree, what's going on? How are you? What's up, Chris? How are you today? I'm doing well. Just hanging out. What's going on? Hey, why is my volume off so bad? All right. I think I can hear you better now. Um, I was just calling in. Actually, you just kind of hit the point I was talking about. So, hopefully, you know, next year we'll kind of maybe take the coaches more at their word or things that they're talking about in press conferences because, you know, one of the things I had pointed out this year was you know, inconsistencies with Spencer. And that wasn't just based on my play breakdowns. I would hear Beamer say stuff. I hear Spencer say stuff. You know, and then everybody would still come back and point at Satterfield. And this is not to defend Satterfield, but going into next year, it's still going to take time, guys. You know, like, hopefully they have a faster start than we did this year. But it's still going to take time with a new OC to, to get everything just right. Spring practice isn't enough. We don't have a preseason, you know, things like that. And, you know, hopefully the bowl game uh, goes our way, of course, you know, but I don't think the bowl game is going to matter as much this year as it maybe did like last year. The fact that we got to a bowl game that we're playing with Notre Dame is going to be huge. As long as we're competitive, whether we win or lose, I don't think it's going to change the positive momentum. You know what I mean? So, I think as long as it's a good competitive game, we'll still have good positive momentum out of it. I hope we kick the crap out of them, of course. But, um, you know, I I think that, you know, obviously we just have to give more latitude to the coaches, you know, going into next season. that They're doing the best they can. You know, I heard a lot of people say, oh, we had so much talent on this team, we should have done better. But we weren't predicted to win but five games. So when you come back and you look at that and you go, we won eight, we went eight and four, and we got to a bigger bowl game than we got to last year. Is it not success? Is that not good? Is that not good enough for people to to just get on board and you know, as you say, get on board the Shane train 
you know, Beamer Ball to the moon, just get on board with that energy and just say, hey, we're going to believe in this process. We're going to trust in this process. Yeah, no, I mean, for sure. And I, I think that as far as I know, all the Gamecock nations behind Shane Beamer, uh, I, I would say this to the point I want to go back to the – and I agree patience is a virtue. There's not a whole lot of that left in, in college athletics and college football, certainly with the pressure to win. I, I, I love what Beamer and Loggins said yesterday because, you know, and, and I understand Spencer Rattler did not play great football, but, I mean, the number one thing I want is it, it should not take – you know, when you're, when you're a Marcus Satterfield and listening to his pressers throughout the year and you're – you're getting into week seven, eight, nine, ten, and you're saying that, you know, we're still figuring ourselves out as an offense and grasping everything. Like, bro, you, you, your offense should not be so complex to where, like, it takes your guys that long to figure it out. Like, I, I love the fact that Loggins and Beamer both sound like they're committed to having a scheme and a system where it's simple enough to where, like, and again, I, I don't say simple where, like, oh, it's easy for a defense to figure out, but it's, it's easy for our players to comprehend and grasp what's going on. Therefore, they can play fast and maximize their talent because that's what happened the last two games. And, and we know that, too, from conversations behind the scenes in regards to the changes and adjustments that were made after the Florida game, going from 12 to 13 different personnel groupings down to, like, four or five. Like, things were simplified. It's, it's not a rumor. This happened. This really did happen. Things were simplified. And so, you know, I, I, I'd agree with you. Be patient. But also, like, you know, I just I, – I understand it's, it's going to be – it's going to be different with the new OC, but I also wonder, though, Bree, how much <clears> – <throat> I don't think this is some wholesale change offensively. I, I really don't. I, I think they're going to continue to do – and Beamer wants to continue to do a lot of the things they were already trying to do. Like, like I, I, don't, I don't see this as we just brought in some – I mean, it will be different for sure, right? I mean, obviously, there's going to be some adjustments, but it's not like we're going from running the triple option to running the spread. Like, I, it, this isn't some – wholesale change which is fine I mean if you can do what you did the last two games I don't think any of us would be, be complaining but um you know I just more than anything you know again I loved what Loggins had to say because my number one thing was you know I'm not expecting us to be what Tennessee was this year but you know especially if Rattler and Wells comes back like you know you have some very capable playmakers on your roster you want to maximize their skill sets and maximize their talents and you can't do that when you have double-digit word play calls and a scheme and a system where guys are are thinking instead of playing. That's how you get guys moving in half speed. That's when you get a, a Spencer Rattler that looks confused, looks like he's moving in quicksand, can't make decisions. You know, again, Loggins pointed it out last two weeks. He played more free. This offense played more free, and I just hope to see that continue. And, again, if they stick to their word, what, and I believe they will, but they stick to their word and what they said in the presser, I would imagine that that will continue. But I, I would agree with you on the other side have patience, but I just want to see a team play fast, play free, and we'll go from there. I'll give you that. I'll give you that for sure. And I'll, I and to your point about uh, the presser itself and how he spoke in the presser, I did say last year, one of the things that just threw me off about Marcus Satterfield, I had said, you know, he's got some genius in his system and things like that. You know, I'd be like, you're, oh, you're crazy to say that. Well, I'm not crazy to say that. There's some genius in the system. But he also – got into press conferences, and I would say he just didn't sound like he was the same as the staff. He didn't sound confident in his talk. He didn't sound – it was almost like – it was like you hear Clayton White or Pete Limbo or Coach Beamer or any of the coaches, really. They just had so much confidence in, in, in the way they spoke to the press. 
And Satterfield always kind of felt unsure of himself. And when you heard Loggins yesterday, you didn't hear any of that. It was just like very confident, very direct, very well-spoken. Um, just, you know, I think that makes a difference too. You know what I mean? Because if you're not confident, if you can't sit down and, and approach the press in a confident way, you know what I mean? And, and approach the questions that are coming at you in a confident way, that's going to make a difference too in your own brain. You know, again, poor Satterfield had to go back every day, every day after a press conference and probably sit in his room and go, they were so mean to me. And, and he maybe, maybe that got in his head, you know, and if that's the case, that's not, that's not the coach you want there, but, you know, there could be a lot of speculation about, you know, did, did we get rid of Satterfield? Did we not send Satterfield? Did he just decide to leave? We, we're, we're probably never going to know that unless we got some direct answers from Beamer or Tanner or somebody like that. But in the, in the end, he's not there. And I do see that Loggins is – he just feels like – he already feels like a better fit just by the way he spoke in the press conference. Yeah, that makes any sense. To, to your point about Sat, I would say this. Sat, Marcus Satterfield knows football. I, I just I don't believe you you just stumble into being a an OC at an SEC school or an OC at a Nebraska or like get a job in the NFL like I I would never say that oh Marcus Satterfield is just completely clueless and doesn't know football he knows football he absolutely knows football but I made this point over the course of the season and I would say it here and I don't know why this is the case I, I don't know I don't know but like you can have all the knowledge in the world or you can have the greatest point but if you don't have a way if you're not if you're not efficient at conveying that information to the person you're trying to convey it to in an understandable manner, then that information, that knowledge you have is useless. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know why that was the case for him. I don't know why if Marcus Satterfield was stubborn or his ego got in the way or maybe there's more to it than we know. I have no idea. But for whatever reason, all that knowledge he had he just was not able to – I mean, the guys just were not able to process it. They just – they were not able to get it, you know. And at the end of the day, when you're getting paid the kind of money they are to be the OC, it's going to fall on you. It's just – it's the nature of the beast. Somebody's got to fall on the sword, right? So um, – and that's why, again, I, I loved hearing what Loggins said, um, you know, because, again, you, you can be the smartest – you can be the, you can be the smartest in the world at something, but if you can't convey that information to the person you're trying to convey it to in an understandable manner – that information, I mean, yeah, it benefits you, but it's not going to benefit anybody else. So, um, you know, I, there's a reason Satterfield yeah, landed I mean, on his feet. That. He knows football. There's no doubt he knows football. There's, I would never question that. To that point, I mean, it was the same as, like, me as a jiu-jitsu coach. You know, I was a world champion uh, in jiu-jitsu, you know, but I created a really good talent on my team and we, you know, we competed at the highest levels with some of the best teams, you know, in the Atlanta area and won more frequently than we lost. But I wasn't a world champion myself. But what everybody said was, is when you teach, the way you break it down and the way you explain things, it just makes it so much easier. And you would see guys who were world champions come in and teach, and you're like, and, and, and people would be like, what the hell did he just say? I don't understand. I don't get that concept at all. So that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, saying that, you know, it, it conveys probably through all sports, obviously. So, yeah, dude, no, for sure. Yeah, it, it applies to all walks of life, no doubt. This isn't just being an offensive coordinator, it applies to, yeah. to any position in which a, a teacher is coaching a student or a teacher is, is grooming a student, if you will. Yeah, and I, I agree with you 110%. So, 
Um, and then sometimes things just aren't meant to be, man. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes things just aren't meant to be. And um, I, I wish that nothing but the best. And I hate it didn't work out here. But, you know, hopefully this will be something where he has success in Nebraska and Dowell Loggins is our missing piece. And it works out well for all parties. So. I can believe that until I see otherwise. Okay, what is up, guys? We're back. I know the camera's looking different. I don't know what happened. The Logitech camera is just not connecting to our Melon setup, so... We're going to rock with the FaceTime camera for the rest of the show, which I wish I had like a, I don't know, napkin or something to wipe it off. Anyways, we're waiting for J.C. Sherbert. That's all that really matters anyways. Uh, waiting for J.C. Sherbert. Appreciate him taking the time. Appreciate him having me on. Um, appreciate him having me on his show this morning, and we are waiting on J.C., Says he's going to be on in five. So, yeah, I don't know what the deal is with the, like I said, for some reason, I don't know, just, I know y'all can see me. Yeah, I know y'all can see me. This is just a different camera. The This camera right here, something is bugging out. I don't know what's going on. So, anyways, let's jump to the phone lines. Call from Matthew. What's up, Slapdick? How are you? What's up? What's up? How you doing? I, I I really love your channel. I really love your channel. But anyways, uh, you know, Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, I know it's the Christmas holiday, so I wanted to ask you a couple of would you rather questions. But while we're waiting on uh, JC, yeah, go ahead. All right. Would you rather go caroling or be caroled? I'm going to go caroling, yeah. Wear PJs or a Christmas jumper? Uh, I'll go with the PJs, yeah. Take a sleigh ride or go ice skating? Mm, I'll go ice skating. Be one of Santa's elves or be one of Santa's reindeer? Uh, I'll jump off the nearest bridge. All right. Eat leftovers for an entire month or never eat Christmas food again? Oh, leftovers for sure. Work on a boxing day or work on a Christmas day? Hold on, what was the first one? Work on a boxing day? Yeah. What is a boxing day? I don't know. This is just the list that it has right here. Uh, I'll work on Boxing Day because I don't even know what it is. Open presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning? Uh, Christmas morning. I can wait. Get lots of small presents or one big present? Lots of small presents. And the last question that I have, be a Clemson fan or be a Georgia fan? Uh, kill myself. All right, go dog. Appreciate it. <laughs> Good stuff.
good stuff. Um, anyways, guys, we are waiting on JC Sherbert again. I know the camera looks a little funky. We had some some camera issues. I don't know what happened, but uh, I love leftovers. Oh, Boxing Day is Canadian. I didn't know that. Um, by the way, I'm I'm not insensitive to like anything, but that I just couldn't help myself there. Um, anyways, guys, sorry for the camera issues. I know it looks different, looks funky. We had some. I don't know what happened with the camera. Yeah. So, anyways, let's jump back to the phone lines here. He itching a call in. Call from Hunter. Hunter, what's up, man? What's up, man? Uh, yeah. Uh, back, back to that comment on your last caller, Trump or Biden. Kill myself. <laughs> how about that? How about that? Oh, Hunter. Oh, Hunter. What are we going to do with Hunter? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Anyways. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not the guy to talk politics with. I'm the least political guy in the world. I'm, I stay in my lane. I'm not, I'm not entertaining the madness. I'm not entertaining the foolishness. Not entertaining the foolishness. Just, I'm not the guy for it. Not the guy for it in the, in the slightest. Anyways, we're waiting on J.C. Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks. Um, appreciate him. Appreciate him taking the time. He will join us here any minute now. Any minute. So, And I appreciate you all as well, by the way. Appreciate you all as well. Um, yeah, I don't know who has time to think about those things or what have you. I, I'll be honest with you, Bree. I just I like the I like the melon platform. I, I I've I've done Streamyard before. Solid. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, for the most part, I I like melon. I mean, sometimes we have some some crap happen, but we the like sound issues are a thing of the past because I got a new interface. But I don't know. We're having these weird like sometimes melon just it just kind of goes kaput. So, but we're fine. This camera this camera is not bad, but. Uh, not our normal, not our normal, but it is what it is. Um, again, we are waiting on <clears throat> J.C. Sherbert. Appreciate him. I know he's, he's got some things going on behind the scenes, so appreciate him uh, taking the time. Mm-hmm. Madison, next question. I Gamecocks or Notre Lane? Gamecocks or Notre Lane? Definitely the Gamecocks. Got to go with the Gamecocks. So, yeah, I do. Uh, Bree, I, I broadcast from my my Mac. So, I do all this from my Mac. Yep, I, I think at some point because I, I you see I've got the that PC back there is really old. I probably will at some point pretty soon invest in a uh, like a brand new Mac desktop. I'd really like to invest in a Mac desktop, which I will. I will. I wouldn't like to. I will. So Craig Goblin says JC's getting my Carolina Rise package together. I'm sure he is. Barry Edwards says when does the Let Loggins Cook shirt come out? Oh, Streamlabs. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Well, yeah. Melon, so whatever the issues are, I think we can blame them. Uh, all right, I know we've been waiting patiently. Let's go ahead, get, go ahead and get him in here. we got a lot to discuss, and we're going to do so quickly. 
Uh, J.C. Sherbert inside the Gamecock. Once again, J.C., what's going on, my friend? How you doing? Man, I, I said a, a bunch of stuff hit me from the, you know, the, the fiance is at work. She she usually works remote, but she had three days in the office today. So I've got uh, dad duty, so to speak, and uh, just had some stuff hit me with the kids' school. So I apologize to everybody out there for being late. I, I, I hate doing that, but uh, made it in and uh, got to go deal with some things here in a little bit, but I, I'll be okay. It's uh, it's never, never a dull moment around my house, man. No, I hear you. No, I, I appreciate you, and it's all good, man. We were able to uh, – had a Georgia fan call in and, and, and do a little trolling in your absence. So, appreciate, oh, appreciate you appreciate you allowing that. We got the UNC folks coming out the woodworks. We got the Georgia people. They just – it never – you know, today, I don't know, something in the water today, something maybe in the water this week as well. But, uh, no, nah, JC, I appreciate you taking the time, man. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot to discuss because it's, it's, it's wild. You, you think to yourself, okay, you know, season's come to an end. Maybe there's a little bit of a – you know, some some calm. No, not not with the portal, not with NIL, not with everything that's happened. The, the madness ensues, if you will. But let's start with the Loggins hire press conference yesterday. Obviously, Shane Beamer speaks and, and really took uh, the college football world, I'd say, by storm. I mean, Josh Pate's talking about it. We posted a clip that's got like 130,000 views now on Twitter. Um, you know, Shane Beamer bringing the heat. And then we heard from Dowell Loggins, the Gamecocks' new offensive coordinator. I know, obviously, J.C., you covered this, so you saw and you felt the pulse of Gamecock Nation, sort of the the uneasiness early on, and then sort of everything being more so calm after hearing Loggins and Beamer speak. Just talk about the saga leading up to Dowell Loggins gets the job and then what you heard from him and Beamer yesterday. Your overall feelings as we sit here today on the fact Dowell Loggins is now officially the Gamecocks offensive coordinator. Well, I think he comes across as a really smart guy. Um, the, the uh, I guess, you know, when he, when he started referring to Arkansas as we and South Carolina as y'all, we played y'all, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, that's kind of an old, good old boy Southern thing, right? But uh, there's a lot of smart, good old boy Southerners out there. Uh, and so I, I thought that, Chris, if he had a checklist of things that were wrong with the offense, before he arrived uh, and went through it, or before the last two games of the season, I'll say, um, and went down that checklist and addressed every most of the issues, uh, he did. And I think that reassured people because uh, I, the, the game has rapidly changed. Football's rapidly changed. And, and, and whereas 10 years ago you heard pro-style offense, you were thinking what Alabama used to do on offense. You think what Georgia did under Mark Richt on offense, a lot of eye formation, a lot of, you know, not not your futuristic type Tennessee type offenses and stuff, but 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 it's evolved to the point where the pro game is is very pass happy now. Uh, you have a lot of air raid concepts they use now. Um, there is more crossover when you're talking about you know the actual plays. Uh, where I think Marcus Satterfield messed up, and what scares people uh, is it wasn't necessarily the plays as we all saw. So most plays work when when the kids are comfortable with them and can execute them. Um, I think it was more the setup and structure and how he was teaching it, implementing it, game planning week to week was a, not very good. Um, and all that, you know, I think Loggins understands it. And that's why uh, that's why he, uh, he got the job. And I think, you know, for Spencer Rattler, if Rattler wants to come back, you have a guy that's coached quarterbacks in the National Football League for however long. Uh, and, and that part of it, 
uh, I think maybe gets a little overlooked. You know, he's going to be a quarterback's coach too. And, uh, you know, that's uh, that's something that with Rattler specifically, I think is very important to continue to try to uh, fine-tune his game and, and get to the next level. I, I think that uh, Satterfield probably did a pretty good job of coaching him individually. Uh, it was just the way the offense was was run was just way, way burdensome. Uh, and I, I think you could achieve both. You have the best of both worlds. You could have a college offense that's uh, – you know, based on pro concepts or concepts you see in the pros right now, that's easy to learn and easy to call and not as cumbersome um, and go up and down the field. Uh, you know, you, you can do that if you know what you're doing. Now, the one thing we don't know with, with Loggins is, is the actual in-game play calling. Uh, and we won't know, we won't get a good feel for that, Chris. You know, they start with North Carolina next year. We probably don't get a good feel for that. Gosh, game four is usually I like to kind of give people that much time. Uh, I think I gave Sat till game four in the first year. So that's, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But I think everything he said and spoke to um, calmed people down because uh, this isn't a here we go again, Satterfield 2.0 situation. This is a, a new guy, a guy that's uh, really had a, a different kind of career path. You know, most I've seen NFL guys drop back down to college for a year or two. Heck, Steve Wilkes did it with Missouri's defense last year. They were historically bad. Most of those guys come to college and they think they're oh they know everything and they try to implement a bunch of stuff and, and then it just it's a disaster. Uh, this guy spent three months with James Franklin at Penn State. He spent two years at Arkansas, uh, observing and learning the college game and, and, and how how there's differences. And, and and I don't think this is a situation where Dowell Loggins is uh, you know decide you know he's gonna sit here and then next year he'll go take the new england patriots oc job or, or dolphins or whoever uh, i think he's decided to make a career transition and and kind of work from the ground up you know in a short amount of time you know in college he he's an analyst for three three months and that's not that's not a sexy job uh but you learn uh and then he's a tight ends coach for two years you know that's kind of you know those guys and then he you know he's embraced recruiting um, and a lot of those pro coaches, man, I tell the story, they get back to college after 20 years and they have to go walk into like a place like the high school cafeteria and smell that square pizza, those steak nuggets. They don't know where the hell they're at. You know, it's like, wow, where am I? Um, and this guy's embraced it. He's embraced the relationships that, that are needed. And so, you know, there's kind of a positive sign if you're hopeful for a smooth transition is that, you know, he did pick up what is probably one of the more difficult things for pro coaches to do uh, when they go back to college, which is, um, you know, the, the relationship dynamics needed to go be an effective recruiter. Uh, and so I think that's a positive. Now, you know, do I expect everybody to sit here and throw a party and jump up and down because Dowell Loggins is the OC? Uh, no, because you can't really point to any proof. But he's Beamer's guy. Uh, you know, you guys are Beamer ball to the moon, right? Uh get behind it. You know, it, 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 there's no choice, you know, it's like, there's no choice you get behind it or, or not. But, um, you know, my gut feeling is, is even though this is a very hard resume uh, at times uh, to sell to the fan base, given the past, you know, that's the past is the past, you know, move on, go to the future. I heard some very encouraging things from him uh, on in the press conference yesterday. And so, uh, I'm curious. I'm excited to find out, you know, what exactly he had in mind and how the offense is going to look moving forward. 
Yeah, JC, I think you make some great points on that. And I, and I do agree with you, right? Like I, I've, I've, I posted a clip this morning and I've said it, you know, I've, we've all voiced our concerns and, you know, we, we kind of, we, we made all those, those uh, concerns we had very clear during the course of the OC search. But like you mentioned, Shane Beamer got his guy and we all believe in Shane Beamer and Shane Beamer believes in Dowell Loggins. So effectively, if you believe in Shane Beamer, you effectively believe in Dowell Loggins, right? So, I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what it is as well. And like you mentioned, I, I loved what he addressed and both he and Beamer, what they said about, um, you know, maximizing their players' skill sets, right? A much simpler offensive attack in regards to their players understanding it to where they can play fast. You know, I love that he brought up about Spencer Rattler played free in the final two games. He didn't do that in the other 10. Like they made that a point of emphasis. And I don't think in a way of, taking shots at Satterfield, but just pointing out the obvious, like of what changed and what happened. And I think, you know, if they're able to stick to that and be true to that, which I believe they will, you know, I think they're able to see a lot of success, which leads me, JC, to this, you know, we're not going to know, like you mentioned, and, I, and I'm glad you bring up the, the in-game play calling as well, because, you know, you're not at this level by accident. You know football. Everybody at this level knows football, but it's like we talked about with Satterfield. The, the talent of being a successful in-game play caller, it's either you have it or you don't. It's instinct. And, and, and so we won't know really right until his tenure gets going and we get into it. But I would ask you this question. I know we're not going to know concrete until next year and we actually get in the season. But, I mean, do you expect the offense to change a whole lot? Like, I, I feel like – I feel like – I'm not expecting some, like, wholesale change, like, philosophically, right? Like – I kind of feel like they still – Beamer wants to be pro-style, whatever the word means to you. But your overall take, it's not like you're going from the triple option to the spread. Like, I, I don't just expect to see some, like, something crazy next year, right? I mean, is that too far-fetched to say? Or, like, what are you expecting overall offensively? Do you expect it to be more of the same kind of what we saw from the final two games? Or do you expect some some major changes moving forward? I think it's going to look, you know, structurally like uh, a lot like the uh, – the final two games of the season, uh, you know, I, I think we'll see uh, a lot of, um, I guess, uh, you know, spread concepts like they used. I think it'll operate in a brisk tempo. I think you'll see, uh, you know, the screen game. I think, I think, and what, what intrigues me a little bit, Chris, is I, I don't know that the run game is going to be uh, similar. I, I, I think they'll probably do some of the same stuff because everybody does it inside zone, duo, power run, stuff like that. But, you know, I, I do think there's there's going to be probably some more counter uh, stuff in, and which was, that was a good play for Carolina, the counter play. Um, maybe a little more creativity uh, in the run game, which, you know, to Satterfield's credit, the last two games, the run game was creative. You know, you can run an end arounds and reverses. And, you know, Jalen Brooks, slowest developing reverse I've seen in my whole life watching football. Every single time I was like, Ah, uh, he's gonna. Uh, I probably use my my uh, Jim Jeffries Australian voice, and he's an Australian. He's like, man, looks like he's gonna be tackled behind the line, doesn't it? Yeah, well, wait a minute, there he goes. Oh, touchdown! You know, it was that. It's that slow, but it worked. Um, and so I, I think you can see more of that, more misdirection. You know, Carolina next season will have some guys like Amari and Brown, Xavier Leggett that can, you know, help with carries out of the backfield and things of that nature. So I. I, uh, you know, I think it's going to be uh, maybe a little bit different looking run game, uh, but the pass game and things like that, I think uh, it'll it'll look similar. 
Uh, and I think that uh, if anything, you'll see Carolina probably throw it, uh, be a little more pass happy uh, than maybe they were under set. JC, I know you've only got, you know, 10 minutes or so before you got to get out of here. So I'm going to keep it moving because we got a lot. I mean, so much has happened this week. Um, the Jaheim Bell transfer was expected, I, I think, to a degree. And we talked about that. How surprised were you with the Marshawn Lloyd news? And when you, when you look at that situation, I mean, the transfer portal giveth, the transfer portal taketh away. You're just overall thoughts on Lloyd hitting the portal. Were you surprised, not surprised? Where, where do you stand with that? It surprised everybody in the building uh, because he had had that meeting with Beaver and assured everybody he was coming back. Now, big picture-wise, if you'd ask anybody like, you know, a month ago, would you be surprised if Marshawn Lloyd transferred? You'd probably get a no. Um, and this wasn't something that was, you know, talked about a whole lot. Uh, but uh, apparently this has kind of been on Marshawn's mind for a while. Uh, he, he's been through a lot of adversity at Carolina. Uh, Carolina's helped him through a lot of the adversity. Uh, NIL money-wise, you know, I, I think if he goes someplace, to, a lot, you know, Michigan, I, I was very interested to see Michigan State on his list. Let's just let's just say that. Um, so, you know, if you're Marshawn and, and you know, you, you, you've had this, these injury situations and, and things like that, uh, you know, maybe the NFL doesn't come calling because maybe you can't stay healthy and maybe they know that. And so you're trying to cash in as much as you can right now. Um, I don't know. I don't know his motivation. Uh, I just know that it was disappointing to many uh, around the uh, the football ops building that, that he would just bolt like that because, you know, he had said otherwise and that just wasn't in his character uh, according, you know, as far as like, just you know, shutting everything down and, and telling somebody you're going to do something and not. Now, at the same time, he, you know, it, it would not have been a surprise a few months ago because he, he brought it up a bunch. So, well, we'll see. Uh, that was that was Jaheim Bell wasn't a surprise to me, Chris. It was just kind of a, it was weird the way it went down, like the timing of it, I guess. Uh, and so, but that's uh, you can limit the damage to those two and. Uh, you know, they'll probably lose somebody else. They'll probably lose somebody else that we all sit around and go, man, sucks to lose him. But, uh, you know, they'll be fine as long as they can, you know, make it back with, with portal guys and, and stuff like that. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I think you make great points. And Beamer said it yesterday, right? It's, it's, it's tough out here for everybody, for everybody, right? Like I was asked about it earlier in the show about, do you still feel like really, truly Carolina has positive momentum because of this and this? And I'm like, Every program in the country has this, this, and this, and this. You know, like everybody's dealing with it to a degree. And if you actually look at the transfer portal numbers, Carolina's doing pretty well. I mean, you got teams like Texas A&M who have lost like 20 players. So, basically, their whole roster is getting gutted. So, I mean, it's – it's uh, again, it's like Beamer said, it's tough for everybody out here and you got to deal with it. JC, let's let's talk recruiting because the buzz this morning around why, – why, why are the Maryland Terrapins all of a sudden moving up my shit list, JC? Why is that happening? <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, and, and, I, and I, I'll tell you this, JC, too. I, I respect Beamer because when he speaks in press conferences, you really feel like he is – he knows how to talk to his fan base. Um, and, and certainly sometimes, right, like our, our, our fan base can get – you know, some people in our fan base can get emotional and what have you. But, you know, to be fair, when things happen like they did this week and a guy hits the portal and then you lose two offensive line commitments – 
you know, I, I get why people are start, you know, get a little bit uneasy. So what can you tell us about the recent decommits of, of Big Tree and Jada and the Nick Harbors up there visiting Maryland? And I mean, I, I know it's a busy time for you. Obviously, we're le- we're less than a week away from signing day. Just your overall thoughts on the on the landscape of recruiting right now. Well, NIL has become, you know, unfortunately, Chris, you know, it started, it, it's creeping slowly because uh, there's a lot of football players, right? It's uh, basketball. You don't have as many players. Uh, it's creeping slowly like basketball where there's just some outrageous numbers being thrown around. I mean, there's, there's a kid, I'm not going to mention his name, but, you know, he's in the portal and, Good player, probably could play in the SEC somewhere if he wanted. Not, maybe, probably not star in the SEC, but could play. Uh, you know, once like this hot, you know, 250 grand kind of deal to come transfer. And I'm like, I'll give him a bag of Hardy's coupons and a, and a daggum swift kick in the butt and tell him to get out of my program. You know, I'm not, I, I you know, th- th- those types of stories and things that they're anecdotal to a certain extent. But, um, you know, I I think they're going to die off because you look at just this past year, Texas A&M and Miami, they were the kings of NIL, you know, universally praised for, oh, they've they've got, they're going to, you know, win, they're going to go to the playoff and win the national title and all that good stuff. Well, Miami was a, that was the worst, one of the worst Miami teams I've ever seen in my life. And that's saying something because they've been bad since they joined the ACC. And then we saw the dumpster fire that was Texas A&M, 33 guys leave. Um, and, and when you got a payroll like that, it's hard to keep everybody happy. Um, so I, th- I think the market's going to adjust, but right now it's very difficult. You know, Isaiah Jada, uh, I knew when, the minute Hugh Freeze took the Auburn job, knowing what I know about their NIL collective and stuff, uh, I was like, well, Carolina, that's going to be a problem for Carolina if they go up against Auburn. And sure enough, it was. Um so that's that reason. He's gone, probably. Uh, or, yeah, I would pencil him in as gone. Uh, big Tree, uh, Babalade, I know he showed up at the game with Kevin Plank and all that and, uh, and Nick Harbour. And, you know, that there's a whole lot of feelings a lot of people should have about that, considering Carolina's an under-over school as well. Um, but, uh, you know, Babalade uh, has a lot going on you know, with his family life and stuff. And so there, there are like more traditional reasons, I think for him to look, stay closer to home uh, than, um, than just NIL and stuff. And NIL probably plays a factor in it too, because, you know, sometimes when you have family issues, you need money. Uh, But uh, I, I, I I don't, I'm not counting him out yet, uh, but I'll count Jada out and, and say, well, you know, better, Better get on it with this NIL stuff because because Auburn is right down the road, and uh, before they went into the, the two year black hole under Harson, uh, they were a pain in the Gamecocks' backside in terms of recruiting. Now they're back. They have one of the best recruiters in the history of college football, and uh, twelve large to go by guys with. So, you know, just uh, just be careful with, with all that. JC, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Before I get you out of here, real quick on the, on the NIL stuff, and I, and I know people are – some people I talk to, they're just exhausted hearing about it, and I totally get it, but it's just it, – it's a reality in the college football world now. As, as someone like yourself who heads one, one of the big collectives uh, for South Carolina with Carolina Rise, I'd just love to get your take and your opinion on 
the current landscape of NIL? And do you have an opinion on like what needs to change or what, what adjustments need to be made? Cause I, you know, I, I get it. Like I get why people, and I, I agree. Some people freak out, they overreact, but like it, I think what sucks is seeing your, some of your best players leave. Like, you know, it's not a playing time issue, right? Like NIL plays a huge role and it's something that, you know, college football fans are, are still adjusting to. Um, there's a lot of differing opinions about, you know, what regulations need to be in place. And so you're just – your overall thoughts on, you know, moving forward, do you expect changes? Are there any changes specifically that you think would, would help benefit both the athlete, school, you know, fans of college football? Just your, your overall take on the NIL space. Yeah, it's the wild one. And the NCAA – they're not going to do anything about it because it's they don't want to get sued, man. I mean, they uh, the Park Avenue deal at South Carolina was was in their purview because they can police schools that that act, but they can't police collectives. Um, you know, I, will any changes come? I don't know. That that's up to the probably the federal government, and I don't think they. I, I have no confidence Congress will do anything about this. Uh, and, and so it's either you, you try to compete as the best you can. And, and Carolina, that, that's, that's the issue is that there's not, there wasn't enough awareness or support to even compete. You know, it, it, it wasn't a situation where, oh, God, you know, this school's got 25 million and Carolina's only got five. Or, or whatever in NIL funds available. It wasn't a situation like that. It was Carolina doesn't have one. They, uh, you know, and, and so uh, the good news is my collective Carolina Rise, we were able to give Nick him and Warray a deal yesterday. Um, I can tell you we've doubled and almost way past doubled in size, num- number of members wise. We're still, you know, probably about, about 22, 23% of our initial goal. Um, but it's getting there, and, and I think Ray Tanner and Chance Miller getting behind it uh, has helped. I think just the general awareness of, oh, my God, you know, these guys are going to walk out the door if there's nothing in place. Uh, I think that's helped, too, and, and just the generosity of the game, Kite Nation. I always, you know, my, my vision for this was, okay, you're not going to get a bunch of billionaires funneling money into it, but with, with this fan base, there's power in numbers. And, you know, just like political fundraising – you know, you, you 10, 15 bucks a month, thousands of people, it goes a long way. And everybody feels like they participate. And the good news about it from a fan's perspective, and there's two ways to look at it. First of all, it's bad for the fans because I, I don't I, I don't feel like it's their fault, you know, and, and I don't feel like they should be asked uh, to step up. Now, it's like this at every school. It's not just Carolina, but the fans buy tickets. They support. They do this, that, and the other you're going to, you know, charge them for one. It's like a surcharge, like a tax on a bag or something, you know, fundamentally I'm opposed. I'm opposed to that being on them, but you know, you either do it or you, you're, you're dead. Okay. The second part of it is what's probably a positive thing is for the first time ever fans are closer to de- determining outcomes because you, you know, players impact outcomes more than, Crowd noise more than, you know, whatever, you name it, play calling, whatever, players, talent. Uh, And so fans now have an opportunity to have a say uh, in that and to be directly responsible for that. So in that way, uh, it it probably is pretty fun for the fans uh, to a certain extent, especially the diehards. So 
you know, I, I think Carolina seems to keep going like they're going. There's, there's, you know, a, a two collectives with Garnet Trust. Uh, there's uh, Carolina Rise, and then Park Avenue will come back online soon. And I think if everybody works together and pulls together, you know, they'll be, it'll be fine. I've already seen it in the last week, just how powerful this thing can be. So um, hopefully it continues and, uh, and Carolina will be competitive uh, in the space. It's just, it's unfortunate that it's happening now as opposed to maybe like at the beginning of the season, Chris, because we are in the middle of a recruiting time and guys, guys don't have months to make decisions. They have days. And uh, so you got to kind of, you know, <laughs> play catch up while you're trying to play ball too. That's not easy. JC, very well said, my friend. I appreciate you taking the time and, and chatting with us. It's always a pleasure and uh, looking forward to doing it again next week, my friend. Yeah, I guess we will. We'll talk again next week and then the yeah. holidays. So that'll be fun. Um, uh, looking forward to talking with you, Chris. Thanks to you and your audience and all that. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Absolutely. Appreciate you, JC. Always a Thanks, pleasure. Thanks, bud. Great stuff from JC Sherbert. Guys, we're going to jump into one final break on the side. I want to continue to hear from you more your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. Again, want to say thank you to J.C. Sherbert for taking the time. Always a pleasure to chat with him, and I think some great information, guys, especially on the NIL stuff. You know, you think he's he's heading up the, the Carolina Rise initiative, and if you have any questions, if you have any questions about NIL, reach out to him. He's got you. He will take care of you. He will make sure you understand everything. Um Everything gets taken care of across the board. Again, guys, appreciate you all. Thank you all so much for tuning in, showing your love, your support. And, uh, yeah, hopefully the the comments are not messed up because I see the last comment we got was 10 minutes ago from Travi. So I don't know if you guys are commenting on YouTube or, or not or if it's just a slow day. I don't know. Either way, um, anyways, appreciate you all tuning in, guys. Stay tuned. Podcast will drop tomorrow. Uh, TDC normal tomorrow, noon to two next week should be a pretty normal week. I'll, I'll have to look at the calendar, but I think it'll be a pretty normal week for us. Content wise Wednesday, obviously. Yeah, we're good. Okay. I see Eric. I see John. What's up, Rebecca, uh, Becky boo. What's up? Um, next week will be pretty normal. You know, Wednesday we've got signing day, uh, but all throughout Thursday, Friday, I- I'll let you guys know Friday. We may step away just to go home early for Christmas I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. kind of depends on what happens, I think, next week also. But, uh, yeah, we're good. I see you guys. I was just making sure. Making sure y'all still out there. Making sure y'all still out there. Uh, Again, phone lines are open. Got about six minutes to go. I want to say thank y'all again so much for the love and support on the merchandise side of the business. I've got a pile of towels about to go out. Uh, The Cox vs. Catholics merch has been a hit also. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it for that. I'll be rocking the merch as well, of course, at the game. So, looking forward to getting down to Jacksonville and Going to be a really good time. Going to be a really, really good time and uh, excited for it. So, excited for it. Also, guys, let me just say this. Those who have ordered the Made by Jocelyn merch, uh, those will be shipped out by end of weekend. Please just be patient. Uh, Jocelyn just posted something on her Instagram. You can go check that out. But um, I'll just say this. Uh, Jocelyn, nor did I. We, we we did not see it coming, the success that the victory T-shirts and stuff and all the merch had, I'll be honest with you. 
And uh, it's been a bit overwhelming for her. So just please exert patience. Unless your merchandise does not get there by Christmas, then you can complain. Then you can bitch. We've got 10 days, though. So just be patient. Please give it time. We're printing all the orders this weekend. Um, you know, just just hang in there. If you want to see everything on her page, you can. Made by Jocelyn on Instagram. We just reposted her story as well. Uh, she's 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 dealing with it. She's a young entrepreneur going through it. You know, it's just, this is a new experience for her. So just 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 hang tight. Just hang tight. So, anyways, guys, we got five minutes to go. Uh, I, I thought. Uh, Madison says, bring TSUS hats to Lot J. Madison, I don't have any hats in stock. None. I've, I've, uh, if you want a TSUS hat for the bowl game, I would say order it on our store, TSUS.store. We will have koozies and towels on hand. That is the only merchandise we'll have on hand for sale. Let's jump back to the phone lines. Call from Norman. What's going on, man? How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. What's up? Hi, if you don't know me, um, he's going to kill me, but um, my boyfriend, Matthew, the Georgia fan, um, he's going to so kill me. He's in the other room. Um, I think he's in your YouTube chat. Um, I just wanted to let you know because um, I don't think it's fair that he can come on here and troll you. Um, so I'm going to get him back. How are you going to do that? Well, it's funny because, you know, he's a Georgia fan and after, after dinner, he has no problem playing games. And after the games, I just want everybody to know that he yells, go Cox. Uh, that is an interesting development. That is an interesting. Yeah. Game, so if you see, yeah. so if you see mayhem, mayhem Matthew in the chat, anybody from now on when you see him, just let him know that he's low key a Cox fan. And I just wanted you guys to know that. So I just wanted to troll him and, and, and let you know, Chris, that he he loves the Cox. All mm-hmm. right, toodaloo. My God, my God, what, uh, hmm. that, that was a, uh, that was a, that, that, that was, that was interesting. Okay. All right. All right. <clears throat> Anyways, let's, let's get it back. Let's get it back. Let's get it back. Uh, Josh M says, is Spencer coming back next year? I hope so. A lot of reason for him to come back. A lot of reason for him to come back. So, mm-hmm. anyways, my goodness. Um, what y'all got? <laughs> what y'all got? What y'all got? What y'all got? What y'all got? Uh, anyways, guys, appreciate you all. Uh, Travis says we need Dale from East Tennessee to call in. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes the last five minutes can, can get off the rails. Josh M says, do you think we can compete for a playoff spot if he does? <sighs> you know, Josh, I I would say this. I, uh, I'll have my way too early predictions in January. I, I, You know, I know we looked great in our last two games. 
is this football team, this football program ready to be a playoff team? I, you know, I'd say let's 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 keep it a bit realistic. You know, I I, I, I you know, if we if we could win eight or nine games again in year three of Beamer, I think that'd be a great season. That 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 because I, I just still think that the number one area you're building is line of scrimmage. That that that's the biggest area that you know we need to continue to build. And if we do that. But uh, I, I don't think it's going to be an overnight process by any means. But who knows, guys? I mean, again, we're talking about next season. Um, Cody said, let's put it to bed. Loggins fits the culture and the energy, and we all know that's what, is, what Shane holds most high. I'm sold. Let's ride. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Again, Shane Beamer got his guy, and I believe in Shane Beamer. And, you know, I, I'm excited to see how it plays out. I'm excited to see how it plays out. And, you know, again, this could be – this could be the missing piece, right? This could be the missing piece that Shane Beamer needed to get us to the next level and loved everything Loggins had to say in his presser and loved everything Beamer had to say. And, I mean, again, it's Beamer ball to the moon. Let Loggins cook, and we'll go from there. Guys, we've hit 2 o'clock. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.